I had read most of Chandler's novels and early stories by the time I picked up the volume of his letters. In truth, I had become obsessed with Raymond Chandler. Chandler once said that great writing, whatever else it does, nags at the minds of subsequent writers who find it sometimes difficult to explain just why they are so haunted by a particular work or author. I could not deny that I had become haunted by Chandler, nor could I really explain exactly why. As I continued to go through the letters, I also started to read a biography of Chandler, and the facts of his life began to captivate me. I was especially interested in his relationship with his wife, Sissy, who was much older than he. Chandler was 35 when he married Sissy Pascal in 1924. Sissy was 53, although she listed her age on their marriage certificate as 43. It wasn't until much later that Chandler learned he had married a woman not eight years older, as he had thought, but 18. Some people believe he never learned her true age, and they could be right. In any case, only slowly, over the course of a number of years, did he figure out that his wife was indeed much older than she claimed, though he may never have known exactly how old she was. Sissy was exceptionally beautiful and witty and sophisticated, irresistible, as Chandler once put it, without even knowing it or caring much about it. At the time she married Chandler, she was said to have the figure and sexual presence of a woman twenty years younger. She was a sensuous woman with a beautiful body, about which she felt no shame. So comfortable was she in her skin that, as Chandler once revealed, she even liked to do her housework naked. But inevitably, age took its toll, and by the time Chandler published his first novel, at the age of fifty-one, Sissy was almost seventy and suffering from a lung condition that increasingly confined her to bed. She went from being a wife who offered a lot of sexual enticement to her much younger husband, to being a wife who was infirm and required his constant care, whom he nursed assiduously through the abominable anarchy of old age. Still, he was completely devoted to her, and would later describe his marriage as almost perfect. When Sissy died in 1954, a few months after his sixth novel, The Long Goodbye, was published, Chandler began drinking heavily, attempted suicide, and descended into a grim state of acute alcoholism. He lived less than five years without her, five very difficult and in many ways wretched years. My only problem, he wrote to a friend during this period, is that I have no home, and no one to care for if I did have one. In reading his letters, I came to see that what Sissy had done for Chandler was to enable him to live in what Kafka called the existent moment. Without her, he was, literally, dead. The more I read about Chandler, the more interested in Sissy I became. I felt I knew this woman somehow, or that I could know her and possibly bring her to life if I were to try, even though very little was known about her. She left almost nothing behind at the time of her death, no writings or letters. No biographer of Chandler had ever been able to uncover much information on Sissy. The main problem was that Chandler himself ordered their letters to each other destroyed shortly before his death, 
even though he had planned to include them in a collection of his letters that was then being discussed, and had even written to his English publisher, saying, Some of the letters to my wife are pretty hot, but I don't want to edit anything. In the end, he changed his mind. It was as if he decided that if he must die, he would take any memory of her with him, forever keeping her to himself.